Well, good morning and welcome to Temple, even though we are not at Temple, even though that's not a place, that's who we are as a people. Uh, if you are just joining us online and you did not get a text today or see the email or see any of our social media information and you're like, hey, why is Doug at home today? Um, everybody's healthy. We actually haven't had a COVID outbreak, uh, but there is a power outage near the church that um, disabled us from being able to gather together on campus. So uh, it's 2020, right? The weirdest stuff just continues to happen. And uh, so here we are uh, having to kind of uh, adjust last minute. And so I find myself beginning this morning saying what I have said several times over the last several months. Thank you for being flexible. Uh, thank you for being flexible and faithful and friendly, right? That, that's been our commitment is we want to stay flexible, uh, stay faithful, and stay friendly. So thanks for rolling with it this morning. What a weird morning, but, but here we are uh, believing uh, that God is faithful, and so we're going to continue to worship him. Uh, speaking of being faithful, please uh, continue to be faithful to give as the Lord's blessed you. Um, our giving link is uh, in the information here beside us, and uh that's not why the power's off. We haven't not paid our power bill, uh, just in case you're wondering. But still, uh, please be faithful to give so that we can uh, pay the power bill uh, next month. A couple of real quick announcements before we just dive in and have a few moments in the Word together, and then uh, we'll, we'll go on with our Sunday here. But next Sunday, uh, Lord willing, assuming the power is on, um, next Sunday is, is the launch of our brand new preschool church. Uh, for ages three through kindergarten, uh, we've got a brand new deal, brand new curriculum. Uh, our volunteers, a bunch of our volunteers have been working hard behind the scenes over the last several weeks getting ready for this new thing uh, that's really been a work in progress uh, for, for months and months. And we're, we're thrilled to finally get to launch that. So take note of that. And then, of course, uh, for today, uh, there's the online version of our preschool church and our elementary kids church. Uh, you can find that by going to templebaptistchurch.net slash kids, uh, or you can see the link next to this video. Um, we, we also want to let you know that next Sunday as well, uh, right after worship, will be our annual business meeting uh, where the, the two uh, topics that will be voted on will be our uh, operating budget for 2021. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out to us between now and next Sunday, please. Uh, we want to make sure everybody's on the same page and informed. And uh, also we'll be voting on uh, the next group of deacons who will be coming on to serve next year. So make note of that for next Sunday, uh, immediately following worship. We're kicking off a new series today that, honestly, I've been excited about for weeks and weeks and weeks called Missing Peace. Uh, we'll talk more about kind of the, the idea behind missing peace, not P-I-E-C-E-P-E-A-C-E, -E 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 -E, like that, that peace is missing. And Man, what a snapshot of what we've seen in 2020 is a whole lot of people to our left and to our right. And in a whole lot of moments within, if we're honest, there's just been a void, uh, a missing sense of peace. And I've been really, um, I don't know, I was going to say obsessed, but just kind of consumed with this idea of peace, this idea of biblical peace. Um, and so I'm really excited to get to dive into that. And so this morning, uh, we're going to begin uh, our Advent series in, go figure, Luke chapter 2, right? Looking again at the Christmas story. And, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say our creed in our prayer this morning, uh, since we don't have any text on this because we're 
just kind of responding here last minute or whatever. So I'll lead us in that. I know not everybody has it memorized, but we believe the Bible is the word of God and the truth of the Bible will change our lives. And so we pray, Lord, open our hearts and awaken our minds and give us grace to respond. Change us for your glory and our joy. Amen. So Luke chapter 2 is where we will be if you've been around the Bible, been around church, you're familiar with this passage of scripture. And so even though we don't have the text on the screen and maybe you can't scroll on your phone because that's how uh, you're worshiping with us right now, um, this should be, I hope, a a bit of a familiar text. And we're picking up in in verse number 8 after Jesus has already been born, wrapped in swaddling cloths, and he's already been laid in a manger. In verse number 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll Find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly, after the angel says that, suddenly, this is what happens, and this is moving towards the heart of of where we're going to spend our time together this morning. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, and this is what they're saying. Glory to God in the highest. This is Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he has pleased. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. In a time where there was a lot of missing peace, this promise is given. And many believe sung as, as in a song, lyrics to a song, glory to God in the highest. But in our neighborhood, there's this promise and this hope of peace. And what I want us to do to begin our time together this morning is maybe seek to get a biblical definition of what that word even means. What does peace mean? Does it mean not having war? Does it mean not being stressed out? Does it mean not worrying about everything? Does peace mean having less anxiety? Does peace mean getting along with somebody where there used to be conflict? Does peace mean being uh, connected spiritually with God. The fact is, peace means, can mean, all of those things. Throughout the scriptures, what what we find by people who are smarter than me and count this stuff, uh, is there's around 790 verses in the Bible that deal with the topic of peace. 790 verses. So obviously, this is a big deal to God. He talks about peace a lot. And and one of the things that that theologians have done is they've tried to figure out what are the kinds of peace talked about in the Bible. And I heard Rick Warren a couple months ago speak about this, that there's at least three categories for peace in God's Word. The first kind of peace that's talked about is peace with God, spiritual peace. The second kind of God is, uh, peace rather, is is peace with self, inner peace, uh, emotional peace. Peace, right? And then the third kind of peace that's talked about is is peace with others, relational peace. So peace with God, spiritually, peace from God, emotionally, and then peace 
through God relationally. Uh, peace with God, peace with self, peace with others. The, those would be the three categories that these 790 verses could fall in. Peace with God, peace with self, peace with others. But there's a fourth category, and that is on the Scantron test, D, all of the above. This peace that is holistic, that is flourishing, true human flourishing. And it's what we would know as shalom. Like there's a fourth category of peace that is all of that, all of that wrapped up in one. And and this is a a New Testament picture here in Luke chapter 2 of that Old Testament whisper of shalom, of human thriving of human flourishing. And what I want to say to you is even in 2020, even when even when we're doing this again this morning, right? What God wants for you is not for you to survive, for you to limp along and miserable through life. What he desires for his sons and his daughters is that you would flourish. He he promises glory in the highest and in your neighborhood Shalom, peace, peace with God, peace inside yourself, and peace with those around you. That's the hope and the promise of God. He wants nothing less than that for you. He wants that so much that he moved heaven and earth to make a way for that kind of shalom for you. And if you're like me, you you hear that or you think about that and you're like, 2020, dude, like, Yeah, good for whatever, good for these shepherds, but have they experienced 2020? And the fact is, sometimes we can be so wrapped up in our story that that we lose sight of how not unique moments just like this really are. In this moment in history, when the shepherds were out in their fields, very real fields on a very real night, what was going on in their world was profound political turmoil. Things were were being governed dictatorially. That There was a, a conquering rule and reign in their neighborhood. They didn't have any political freedoms. There was, there was unimaginable racial discrimination. I mean, if you weren't from the exact perfect side of the tracks in that day and age, life wasn't difficult for you or there weren't obstacles or people who thought bad of you. Truly, it defined your life. You had no hope. You had no opportunities. You had no promise. And then religiously in this moment, truly you couldn't worship any way you want to. You were told. You were fully dictated to or at least controlled and directed how you worshipped, when you worshipped, and even who you worshipped. You were required to to treat the Caesar as though he was a deity in some way. And so the, the fact is this peace on earth enters a moment that other than COVID doesn't look that different than today. Tremendous uh, instability and insecurity and an unknown future, including for Mary and Joseph. Even in, in that midst, here's this promise. We have a God who is making a way for his people to flourish and to thrive. Even in the midst of that, he's whispering, Shalom, peace. And here's why. Here's the the heart of what I want to say today. is because I believe peace is available to us when we praise. We 
can praise our way to peace. And, 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 and peace is the reason that we praise, even when we don't feel a lot of peace or see a lot of peace or experience a lot of peace. I, I love how this song of the angels is ordered. First, there's glory to God in the highest. And the overflow or the effect of that is peace on earth. And think about the word glory truly means to be oriented around, to be centered around. If I orient my life around the God of the universe, I promise, I believe with everything in me, I'll experience more peace. I'll experience more shalom when I'm centered, not on my circumstances or my situation, when I'm centered on my king, when I'm centered on the God of all gods, when I'm centered on the Savior, I believe I'll experience more peace. And so for some of us, the, the discipline today that could open the pathway to peace for us is giving God glory, is praising him, even though stuff feels difficult. We talked about that last Sunday leading into Thanksgiving, that I believe we can praise our way into peace, <laughs> that, that we can turn life away from self and glory to God in the highest. That's the pathway to peace on earth. And here's why. Because peace isn't a circumstance. Peace is a person. The only reason that, that those angels could offer the hope and the promise of peace on earth is because a Savior was born to you this day in the city of David. Christ the Lord. The fact that Jesus has come is the pathway to peace for us. And so I praise, I, I orient my life around him, that's where peace is found. And so th this, this promise and this hope of shalom, of, of flourishing, is found when we praise and when we center around Jesus. And this time of year pulls us towards so much horizontal stuff. This time of year pulls uh, our, our peace and our attention uh, towards our, our, our trinkets, right? Our toys, our gifts, right? Our stuff. This time of year pulls us towards our traditions. We, we want our set stuff. And, and let's be honest, that stuff's all up in the air and that's really hard. And this time of year pulls us to, to time. Time with family and time with friends. And that's been kind of messed up. And this time of year also pulls us towards a time out. Right? Just to, man, I just need a break. I don't know about you, but this past Thanksgiving, we could not have come at a better time. It was just nice to call a timeout and to catch our breaths, right? But that's not the source of our peace. Our peace isn't found in trinkets or tradition or time or timeout. It's found in a person. It's found in the person of Jesus. In a life that's oriented around him, I can't flourish apart from a life that lives and exists for the glory of the Son of God. There's no flourishing apart from that. I can't find my peace. And so we look to him. He is our peace. As a matter of fact, uh, Isaiah would whisper about this baby born, this baby who's now laying in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths. He said that he would be, uh, that the chastisement of our peace would be upon him. The Apostle Paul would later write about this baby after this baby had Turn the world upside down. Ephesians 2.14 says, He himself is our peace. Our peace is a person. It's Jesus himself. So, so catch this. The promise of peace isn't just getting along. 
It's not just circumstances are good. The promise of peace is way bigger than that. Total human thriving, right? And that peace is found when we praise and when we're centered on the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And here's the awesome thing. That is an otherworldly peace. Because notice that the song offers peace on earth, not peace from earth. If I get my peace from earth, then earth can take that peace back away. Right? If, if my peace is found in people, what happens if things aren't cool with those people? If my peace is found from my wealth, good grief, it, it comes and goes. It's, it's not stable. It's not secure. If my peace comes from my skills, the stuff I'm good at, what happens when I lose a step? What happens if, God forbid, I, I lose the ability to do that thing that I think I'm good at? If my peace comes from being accepted, being liked, being popular, right? Good grief. We've all seen how easy it is. I mean, this is a fickle time in history, man. It, you do one thing wrong, say one thing the wrong way. In this this world that that loved you, man, they they turn the heroes into villains really quick right now, right? So if, if that's where my peace comes from, that's not very stable. If my peace comes from everything being okay, well, then what happens in a moment like now, when quite frankly there's just a whole lot of stuff that is just not okay? If I have peace from the world then the world can take it away. But I have peace in the world from somewhere else. And that's the beauty. God wants for us a peace that nothing can take away, that no one can take away, that no circumstance can take away, that no event can take away, that no pandemic can take away. It's peace on earth, but it's not peace from earth. Praise God. So, this idea of flourishing is the promise of God. It's found when we praise a very real person, not circumstances and situations, that the world can't take away from us. And so for our last couple minutes together, let me give you a reason you can praise God from wherever you're watching this right now. You ready? Here it is. God is pleased with you. Because of what Jesus has done for you. So th this verse 14 reads, and I, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. I guess I should have said that earlier. But it says, peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. I grew up in the King James tradition and had this memorized before I even understood it. I had it mostly memorized. I had a lot of it kind of messed up. I didn't understand the words. But uh, the, the way that that I memorized it was peace and goodwill toward men. And some other translations say uh, peace among those whom his favor rests. This idea that, that it's not peace and goodwill, that, that's not a great translation from what, what the text is meaning here. It is peace, but it's among those who are goodwilled. Well, what does that really mean? It's truly with those that God has said, I'm happy with you. Well done. My favor rests on you. How cool is that, right? That God offers peace with the people who are winning at life. Oh, wait. That's only good news 
for the people who are winning at life. And if we're honest with ourselves, if we're honest with one another, God's not pleased with a whole lot of what we think and say and feel and do, right? I mean, we can pretend to be better off than we are, but I'll just go ahead and lead the way here since I'm in my house here and not having to put on my church smile with you today. Man, I'm not pleased with the way I respond to circumstances in life. I'm not pleased with how impatient I can be with my sons whom I love. I'm not pleased with how much of a smart aleck I can be to my wife when she asks me a question. She's my favorite human being. Like if the people closest to me that I love the most, I'm not pleased with my attitudes and actions toward them. Then, of course, the dude who cuts me off in traffic, I'm really not pleased with the thoughts that go through my mind or the words that come out of my mouth in those moments. The fact is, the the darkest places of my life reveal to me there's a whole lot of every day that I know falls way short of God's glory. There's no way he's pleased with it. As a matter of fact, that's been the human story since the Garden of Eden. Since we first rejected God's plan for us, we've been unpleasing. We have collectively fallen short. And so if peace is only offered with those who have their act together, then we're toast. We're all on the outside of Shalom looking in going, I bet that would be great. But that's not where the story ends. That's why the Savior was born to you this day. See, he came to take those of us who were unpleasing to God. And he became our sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. The rightness of God. The the way the Apostle Paul explained this, and this is something that We'll actually look at it again next week, but Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 22. Listen closely to this. For in him, in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In that little baby in the manger, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, here it is, Making peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus, through the violence of the cross, made peace with God on our behalf. The rest of that passage says, And you, us, we, who were once alienated, hostile in mind, and doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present us holy and blameless and above reproach before God. Jesus made peace so that those of us who were the enemies of God could be called the sons and daughters of God. If you want some motivation this morning to praise your way to peace, it's this. Peace has already been purchased for you with God Almighty. Jesus, through his shed blood, through willingly, with joy laying down his life for you, has made you pleasing to God. God looks at you and he's like, "Mm, blameless, approved, holy, as right as Jesus. Jesus gave us his right standing, his righteousness. God looks at you and goes, man, I'm really glad you're my kid. Guess what? His peace offered on earth is for those with whom he's pleased. 
Which means if we've given our life to Jesus and our standing before God is secure, he's made a way for peace. Not peace from earth, but peace right here, right now, on earth. In the midst of this broken and busted up world, we are stumbling our way in peace towards peace. Because true shalom is on its way. The word Advent means coming. Jesus has come, and he's coming again. He's come to make a way for peace. And that peace is available today. And that peace will be fully revealed when he comes again. And maybe today you just wish an angel would show up and sing a song for you about peace, and maybe you would feel better. Actually, I don't think that's true. I think if an angel showed up today, we would be filled with great fear, and he'd have to go, fear not. That's why angels were always like, chill out, dude, because they would be terrifying to us. But the fact is the word angel just means messenger. And the great messenger has already come. His name was Jesus. He came to bring good news to the world. And today, either we have received his good gift, or he's inviting us right now, this Advent season, to respond in grace, to respond in faith. Say, Jesus, I believe you shed your blood to forgive me of my sins. If you've never done that, please click the link by this video that says, Can We Talk? We'd love to have a conversation with you, however you're comfortable to have it, about how you can begin to experience peace with God, peace with yourself, and peace with those around you. Even when they're in turmoil, even when your emotions are upside down, and even when you feel disconnected from God, to endure in peace. That is the promise of Shalom. If that's already happened for you, if you've already placed your faith in Jesus, then I believe what he's calling us to is, is to give glory to God in the highest, to praise our way to peace, to orient and center our lives around a person who has come to make a way for us. Let me share this story, and then we'll be done with our time together here online today. Several weeks ago, I was listening to uh, Priscilla Schreier share uh, an amazing story that, that I want to share with you now. Um, if you're not familiar with, with who she is, she's from right here in the Metroplex. She grew up here, Tony Evans' daughter, uh, amazing communicator of God's Word. She was telling a story of watching one of the morning talk shows where they were doing a series of specials about religions around the world. And growing up here in the Metroplex, she admitted she didn't know about a whole lot of the, the religions around the world. Specifically, this one day she was watching, they were talking about Buddhism. She thought to herself, I don't, I don't know anybody who is a Buddhist. I've never really studied about Buddhism. I want to find out more about this. And so as she began to watch this episode, they talked about the traditions and the, the exercises and, and how a person follows after Buddhism. And then the reporter who was doing this study and in doing this presentation, they tracked her getting on a plane with her camera crew, flying halfway around the world, then renting a van and driving way out into the middle of nowhere. It took them hours and hours and hours to get to this remote place. And then they had to climb hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stairs up to the top of this mountain where there was this giant Buddha statue. This reporter began to explain that this pilgrimage that, that she had recorded was one of the life goals of a true follower of the Buddha. If you save up enough money and, and you, you try hard enough, maybe at some point in time in your life you can travel 
from wherever you are around the world to one of the five places where one of these giant statues is found. They're all in remote locations that are difficult to get to, and they all involve having to climb up a mountain of stairs. But maybe you can do that and get to the top and pray. And then Priscilla Schreier said this. She said, I just began to think about how different that is from our faith system. Because we don't believe in a God who gives us a big, difficult journey ahead of us and makes us fulfill these duties and, and climb a whole bunch of stairs to try to get to him. The story of Advent is this. God moved heaven and earth to come down the stairs and to come to us so that he could enter a world of chaos and offer peace. He could enter a world where it feels like the life is being choked out of us and offer flourishing and thriving to his children, even in crisis, even in a pandemic, even in a world that feels turned upside down. That's the Advent promise of peace. And I think that's what's missing for many of us. It's found in the person of Jesus. And so we give him praise. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for my friends joining us online this morning and being flexible with another strange time here today. But thank you, even in this weirdness, there's the hope of peace. You're bigger than all this. You're the constant. You're our hope. Thank you for coming to us. God, all of our efforts to climb the mountain have failed. We're so glad that you made a way to come to us. Father, for anybody watching today who isn't sure that they're at peace with you, would you give them the courage to reach out? And then for those of us who would say, man, I do believe in Jesus. I believe he's, he's made a way for me. I've placed my faith in that. Then God, stir up our hearts to praise you and bless you today, away from all other noise and away from all the false promises of this earth. God, might we experience your peace on earth. In Jesus' name. I love you guys. Lord willing, we will see you next Sunday.